The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic? or lethargic and weak. Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Good morning and welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and you can find me on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. All you have to do is find those links on your Voice America page and just click however you want to connect with me. There is also my webpage, thehealingwhisper.com, as well as you can connect with me on my email, thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Today, I'm very excited about our show. We will be talking about PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. And I have as my guest, Dr., or excuse me, Tom Costello, who is uh, my Healing Codes mentor and coach. He has been in a 40 plus year journey of spiritual studies and energy medicine. And it really started as a child when his mother, a nurse, told him that we know so very little about healing. That has led to his passion to helping people heal the root cause of their dis-ease or illness. And he has created a spiritual research study, Understanding the Spiritual Underpinnings underpinnings of disease. He believes we are all capable of living to be 120 and uh, the health and healthy, not just 120, but 120 and healthy. He has written a book, a children's book, and he has started an internet church, the Church of the Healing Spirit. Uh, He was a captain in the U.S. Army Spiritual Force, a Special Forces, the Green Berets. And I would like to say, welcome, Tom. You know, to get started on PTSD, let's just simply ask a question of what is PTSD? Well, everything, as they say in the disclaimer, is an opinion. And my opinion is that PTSD is the profound sense of insecurity or vulnerability or sense of being unprotected that results from a trauma. 
And so if that's what happens after the trauma, I think it makes sense that we would define what a trauma is. My opinion is that a trauma is like an energetic input or an impact. could be a collision. It could add energy or it could subtract energy from us. But it's of sufficient intensity and duration that what happens is it disrupts the way we see ourselves. It disrupts the way we see the world. It disrupts the way uh, we see other people. It disrupts everything about our identity. It's almost as if we take an egg and scramble it, and it's like, ah, now what do I do? Now what do I do? And so we're not certain from that point on what we should be or what we are, what we should do, and what we should have. It's that kind of an experience. And I think so many people are in this state of PTSD, even as we speak. Okay. So you were talking about the trauma taking you away from uh, just feeling safe. What kind of traumas would create this? Well, I, I like to start at the beginning. So we've seen newspaper articles that talk about a tsunami. To me, a tsunami is a, an overwhelm of energy, right? A wave hits a particular area. On the other hand, that's an addition of energy. A withdrawal of energy could be the fear of suffocation. And I believe that the most significant trauma that most of us experience is our birth process. Here we are on life support. Everything is predictable for nine months. We got a regular, predictable environment. We hear this rhythmic ba-boom, and it's tight, closed. We're connected. We feel safe. And all of a sudden, we're pushed out and pulled out, and then life support is cut off. Right? When the umbilical cord, which is the way we've been receiving everything, is now snipped and we're supposed to now, held upside down, being smacked on the butt, start breathing. I think that process, the delivery and the separation from mother by the umbilical cord being cut, is got to be scary beyond belief. Well, what you're saying is that uh, anybody who has been born has PTSD. Is that correct? I would suggest that there are a few very fortunate people who have been born to very aware parents who love them throughout gestation, nine months of bombarding these developing children with love and positive expectations, and then the birth process being natural, head first vaginal, without a lot of drama, without trauma, and Le Boyer with water or even Lamaze, as long as the anxiety level in the environment is kept down to a, a really, really modest level, that that child will not be absorbing all of this uh, scattered energy of, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, the sky is falling, something wrong is going to happen, and, and all of that sense of not being protected, not being safe, um, wouldn't be intensified. So a few people have that great fortune. Uh, 
I think it should be natural for all of us, but that's not how babies are delivered in the Western world. Well, that's absolutely correct. I know in my particular case of delivery, I was a cesarean child. And back in the day when cesareans were not performed as a as regular as they are today. And uh, I do have my own personal memories, as it were, of being disconnected and not being a part anymore. And I have worked over the years with especially the healing codes in eliminating that particular trauma in my life. And so, Tom, since you are involved with the healing codes as not only a coach, but also my particular mentor, do you believe that there are ways that people can break that cycle of birth trauma? I do. I do. I think birth trauma and pretty much everything else is an energy pattern. So if everything is energy, we as creative beings can change it. We can modify it. We can stop uh, supporting one energy pattern that we do not like and we can invest our energy in creating a different pattern. So if we have a belief, and frankly, and you probably have experienced this too, Marianne, in your coaching practice, you're talking to a client, and all of a sudden it dawns on you, they're talking about their birth. And you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you're talking about birth. And they go, oh, you know, and then they come out with a statement or a belief that they have programmed their entire lives by that has occurred during the birth process, and it never was actually directed at them. It was something their mother said or thought, something somebody in the delivery, uh, a doctor or attending person said, and this being absorbed everything, absorbed it, and, what, and it said, well, they're talking about me, and it's true about me. So we can look at the situation and understand that our energy you know, the energy pattern that is you and the energy pattern is me. We are separate. We're interconnected, but we are separate. And I think people can actually go back in time and be able to shift, and that is, get a new point of view, get a new perspective on whatever they think is holding them back. And for some people, being held back is directly related to, uh, oh, don't, don't, don't deliver yet. Don't deliver. The doctor's not here yet. Hold back. Hold back. And I've heard stories of people who's had, their, as they were emerging from their mothers, had their head pushed back because the doctor was not yet in the room. Like, <laughs> yikes, yikes. And their whole lives were, you know, uh, I, I feel like I've been held back. I feel like I've been held back. You think? So <laughs> we can get a new point of view about that. And that's exciting. Yeah, that certainly is to um, be able to get a new point of view. And uh, what we see is the challenge of discovering not only that birth trauma, but then how to change that point of view. Tom, we are getting real close to uh, taking a break. And when we come back, 
let's talk about ways to change that point of view. And so let's just uh, go ahead and take that break right now. Terrific. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine, navigating the cancer maze with host Grace Goller. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon, U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. And if you're just joining us, this is The Healing Whisper. A return to peace. We are talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, and my guest is Tom Costello. Tom, why do you think we hear so much about PTSD these days? I think it's become impossible to overlook it. I think that was our goal early on as a society in World War One or even World War Two and Korea. But in Vietnam, when soldiers were coming back with obvious mental and emotional malfunctioning, somebody said, okay, we cannot ignore this. We've got to deal with it. 
and then adding other wars that we've been involved with in the Mideast since then, and, and most recently Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, it's so obvious that doing what soldiers do in war is counter to an inherently good nature that I believe exists in human beings. So now we're seeing these people coming back fractured in so many different ways. And it's like, uh, you know, my husband is this, my wife is this, uh, uh, and it had to be dealt with. And, frankly, I think uh, the medical profession and the pharmaceutical industry said, hey, we got a seriously good business opportunity here. So that combined with a societal need and a profit motive. Right. And really, so the war has brought it to the forefront as our attention. We as um, non-military citizens also suffer from the PTSD, but we haven't had it added, the war, fact of war, added to our own stress and traumas of life. So really the attention has been really set on people that have been to war and fought in the military. Yeah. Why? Let me, I'm sorry, I, I have a need to interrupt. Okay, go okay? ahead, please. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this probably will not come as a surprise to you or any of the women on this uh, call, but uh, we're in a very male-centric society. If a man has a problem, it's, it's front-page news. If a woman has a problem, it's third or fourth or five, ninth-page news. Uh, if uh, you look at PTSD statistics in the past, the greatest number of people suffering from PTSD in the United States of America are women, are women, civilians, women who have never been involved in, I'll say, military war, but are, in fact, in a warlike environment of abuse at home or work or other conflicts that uh, produce this sense of overwhelm or domination or reduction in identity. So the fact of the matter is, if we were to stack those two groups, military people and civilian people with PTSD, I think the civilians, primarily women, would be the ones with the most PTSD. But uh, because your ninth-page news, uh, we didn't attend to it, which is, to me, societally speaking, crazy beyond belief. (laughs) I, I like the idea, if mama ain't happy... Ain't nobody happy. A lot of us know that phrase, but if we were to live by it, uh, we'd have a different country. We'd have a different country. If we would take care of our women, it it would be a different experience. If we saw protection of our women instead of dominating them, it would be a whole different experience. Uh, I'll climb off the soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I can't disagree with you on the protecting of the women and that particular soapbox that you have been on. That brought up a question for me, however, Tom. It's 
obviously, women that are delivering the babies that is causing the trauma that these infants are experiencing. Do you believe, and in your opinion, do you believe that that trauma that the mother had experienced in her life can be also passed on to that infant as adding to that birth trauma? Uh, I do. I do. I think in certain situations, in certain cultures, and uh, certain families, uh, and I've come across this with clients, the, the mother wanted a boy, not because of any other reason other than the boy was going to be safer in a cold, cruel world. And if she had a girl, the girl would be as vulnerable as she had been in her life, be at the um, uh, beck and call of others. She would be tremendously insecure, and she didn't want to do that to another child. So just take that thought process that I just described and consider it as a cloud of energy. And if you're growing a baby and that is in the soil, that consciousness goes into that baby and is like, uh, uh, you know, I don't think I want to be a girl. It's too scary being a girl. I, I think that sort of thing goes on. Right. And with that in consideration, then we might be living in a society today of just stress upon stress upon stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In my show last week, um, I I will let you go here in a, in a minute, but in my show last week, I brought the illustration of uh, Dr. Rapp's stress barrel as mm -hmm. it got a little too full. So, in my opinion, that's why we hear so much about post-traumatic stress disorder, not just among the military, but then we hear about these women that uh, have have either abandoned or gone so far as to try to kill, and maybe some of them have successfully killed their children. And it's all related to stress. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just back up in the birth process a teeny bit. This idea that the mother transmits the stress to and the trauma to the child because of her own past experiences, while I think that's a real consideration, I think the fact that we as a culture look at childbirth in really weird ways here, here we're doing, this is a, a play. Let's say this is a Broadway play. And who should be the star of the play? The mother. And who is the emerging star of the play? The baby. And how do we do it in our culture? The star is the doctor. The supporting actors and actors are the attendants. And, uh, you know, um, a, a piece of equipment in the play is a mother who delivers another piece of equipment. Like, yikes, yikes. This should be a sacrament of the highest order, highest order. I think conception should be that way too, but that's, you know, now we're really dealing with the real difficult area in human behavior, sex. 
<laughs> if, if we could make the birth a sacrament in which the mother is delivering the, the most miraculous thing, like, but that's not how it happens. You mentioned cesarean. Uh, I received a medical newsletter written by doctors, and it was a study about a year ago that said, you know why there are so many, the main factor in so many cesareans nowadays? The anxiety level of the obstetrician. The, the anxiety level of the star of the play. <laughs> so if he's anxious, that baby is going to be cesarean. If he's calm and feeling good about it and not worried about malpractice or insurance premiums or whatever, uh, that baby is going to be delivered naturally. I thought that was horrifying. That was horrifying. Yes, it is. It is a pretty uh, frightening aspect of our current culture that uh, infants are born by cesarean, and with the uh, caveat that it's for the safety of the mother and or the infant. Mm. It it. it is a very scary thing. Yeah. And what we look at as the infant is being born, various forms of trauma being forced upon this this small child that are not of its its wanting which causes the trauma, and as that child grows up, which increases their reaction to the stress of life. And what sorts of birth trauma would you say there are? Uh, well, the first order of business, is the child wanted? Was the child wanted? Because from the moment conception is occurring, if in a forced situation like rape or the mother-to-be doesn't want to get pregnant, but the precautions are not taken to prevent that, and now nine months of I wish it didn't happen, I wish this didn't happen, I don't want this, I don't like this, I don't want this, I don't like this, that's, that is really challenging. And so those energies are poured in, poured in to this developing child. And I would suggest that that child is going to have a viewpoint for, through which they're going to filter stuff and go, uh, I don't want to do this, and I don't like this, and I don't want to do this, or have a sense of overwhelm. People have said to me, I want to go back and look at uh, my life, and I want to, where, where should I start? Uh, you know, uh, at birth, uh, sometime in utero, or what? I say, I think you ought to go back three months before you were born, look at what your father was experiencing, look at what your mother was experiencing, look at their stress level, what were they doing financially, career-wise, what was their relationship-wise, because those energies are likely to be contributed into you as a being, and you're going to be calmer, more peaceful, or, you know, packed full of anxiety, or anger, or avoidance, or you name it, uh, simply because of what was added to your consciousness as you were developing. And then we show up if a difficult birth, a breech birth, or uh, uh, anything else, uh, 
first child, you've got to imagine that the level of anxiety of a mother delivering for the very first time, I don't care how many videos, how many Lamaz classes, how many books a person reads, got it. And I'm a guy, I have, I'm clueless about this, really. Is, <laughs> uh, that doesn't do it, you know. Delivering uh, a child is a whole different experience. And, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Well, Tom, we're getting real close to a break, and uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you? I have uh, several different websites, depending on their focus. Uh, my spiritual website, churchofthehealingspirit.org, I have a bunch of Sunday talks there um, to the tune of more than a couple of hundred. Um, some people find uh, interesting and valuable, so Church of the Healing Spirit. Know the just church of the healing spirit dot org or coaching you works coaching you dot com and soon live to be one twenty and healthy dot com that's uh, I'm very excited about that and it's uh, maybe a few weeks away from being revealed right now I have a temp version live to be one twenty and healthy slash dot com slash temp you can see what the future looks like. Okay. Thank you very much, and we will be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan and Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now, back to the show. 
Thanks for sticking with us. We have been talking about PTSD, as in post-traumatic stress disorder. My guest is Tom Costello, a fellow Healing Codes coach and my mentor in the Healing Codes. Tom, we have talked a little bit about the source of PTSD, that stress, and you mentioned that the trauma of birth is a great source of that stress and some of the results or some of the conversations that we have with ourselves about that trauma, what might some of those conversations be that we are having with ourselves in that subconscious mind? I kind of construe it to be like this, Marianne, that words set, said in the birth process by our mothers or felt by our mothers or spoken by the doctors or anybody else involved in it, we believe it to be about ourselves. I'm afraid. I don't want to. It hurts. Uh, it's too hard. Uh, I need to rest. I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I'm terrified, uh, don't make me, uh, uh, and other things of that sort. Uh, you, you're not pushing hard enough. Uh, I've had a client actually describe his birth to me, and then I interrupted him and said that. Do you know that? He said, oh, I didn't push hard enough. I said, what do you mean? He said, I didn't push hard enough when I was being born. I said, babies have little rubber arms and legs. They don't do any pushing. <laughs> he said, and I've spent my entire life living that out. I never pushed hard enough. And as a child, as a business person, as a student, as a scholar, I never pushed myself for promotions and so on. So it is likely to be some form of overwhelm or I'm not up to the task. And that could be worded in many different ways. You know, I'm, I'm not big enough for this. I'm not strong enough for this. I'm not ready for this. And now, you know, 20 years later, you're about to take a, a test or a job interview, and I'm not ready for this, and you postpone it, and 20 years later, I'm not ready for this. So I think these kind of energy patterns uh, can occlude our vision of who we really, really are and can bring into fruition. Right. So if in my case of being disconnected at birth early on when maybe I wasn't ready to be disconnected or even my mother wasn't ready to disconnect with me. If I have spent my life disconnecting, would that be considered a birth trauma? I think it would be, yes. Yes. In the ideal situation, a child is born headfirst vaginally and then is placed on the mother's chest. No umbilical cord cutting yet. That, that child is placed on the mother's chest. And you could imagine a child who has been hearing this heartbeat for nine months is now resting on the chest of its mother. It's hearing the heartbeat. It's feeling boom, boom, boom. I mean, that is a very reassuring concept. Marianne and I, my wife, have a toy poodle. She was 13 yesterday. You know what she wants to do? She wants to be touching us somewhere near our chest on a regular basis when we're sleeping or lying down or watching TV or something. She, why? 
has got to be reassuring to a child, puppy or otherwise, to be connected to that. So that sense of being disconnected is a belief that we could experience uh, and it could be talked about. So we believe that those are the words associated with this activity. And consequently, now we feel like we're free-floating through life, being disconnected from people, from reality, from our good, from you name it. And it doesn't have to be that way. You're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're right. It, it it does not have to be that way. The most interesting thing about that conversation that obviously when I was born have to disconnect, have to disconnect, the challenge is changing that particular conversation. So in my case, it's changing that conversation of having to disconnect. In other people's cases, it may be the conversation of, I didn't push hard enough, or how about this didn't work? I'm not right. I'm not the right gender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are the ways that people can go about changing that conversation? I, I can put it in simple terms. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. All of us can recognize that when we were infants, our mothers and fathers dressed us. They put us in little dresses. They put us in little outfits and bow ties and shoes and hats and so on. They dressed us in these clothing. I'm suggesting to people, if we recognize that we were dressed in energy patterns, you know, uh, I'm not ready. That's, that's an energy pattern that is not really ours because we didn't have a filtering system. We don't have a way to block that. We don't have a way to rationalize, hmm, my mother's talking about her and her own needs and frailties. She's not talking about me. An infant, even a small child, doesn't know how to do that. But at this age, we can go back in time and go, you know what, you know, this anxiety or this feeling of disconnect, it never was true. Our mothers... In my opinion, our mothers are not the source of our life. Our fathers are not the source of our lives. Clearly, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but our mothers were the containers that we grew in. They were the containers. They're like the flower pot. Now, they're more important than that but because they contribute a lot of energy to this process. But the energy that we could call life force or God or spirit or however you want to name that, it, that's the source. That's the source of love. That's the source of life. And if we say, oh, oh, my mother was my caretaker. She was my flower pot. She was the soil in which I grew. But the grower, capital G, was my conception of God. And it's like, oh, I never was separated. I never was disconnected from that power. I... How do I know? Because I'm, I'm not nine-pound baby anymore. I'm bigger than that. We're not infants. We're not fetuses. We're grown human beings. And that possibility for growth indicates that some power, in my belief, some intelligent power is at work within the cells of our bodies. And that's how we get there. And if we can shift and go, oh, I was dressed in the anxiety of my parents, 
They're worrying about finances. They're worrying about whether they could parent effectively. They're worrying about this, and they're worrying about that, their careers, and on and on and on. But that's just like clothing. I can peel that off. I can peel that off. Right. So you're saying to remove the energy of the clothing that we have put on ourselves through the energy of that particular belief that is causing the stress. Is that correct? I would just modify it slightly, Marianne. I would say the most of this energy was imposed upon us as children. It's not like, oh, I, I, I'm looking for a belief. Oh, I'm going to choose this one. We got it as a programming statement. Like, uh, I didn't, didn't push hard enough wasn't directed at that man, it was in, or that little boy, or that little baby, it was the conversation in the environment, and he processed that environmental signal to make it about himself. So if that had never been said, he wouldn't have heard it, and he wouldn't have had that programming statement become the guiding rule of his life. Okay. So the bigger challenge might be for individuals is recognizing that clothing that had been imposed upon them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that is true, but we can see the symptoms of it, right? A person who um, doesn't want to go out in public, you go, hmm, don't want to go out in public. Let me see if this makes any kind of sense to me. Uh, the first time we emerged into public, I wonder when that was. I wonder. Right? And we can start to see these connections, which to me seem to be obvious. And we go, oh. And then we were, oh, I understand. This is a different time and place. Uh, let me get a broader viewpoint. That may have been related to somebody else's concern about me or what was going to happen or I didn't understand and so on. If we focus on what we want to create right now, the beliefs that we have that are counterintentional, that are opposed to what we want right now, are going to come out of the woodwork and try to, no, 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 don't do that. It's too scary. It's too bad. You don't want to do it. Uh, uh, uh. And we go, oh, oh, there's a belief I didn't really realize I had, but it came to the forefront. Now I'm going to address it. Let me just quietly observe that and see uh, if it changes. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to run away from it. I don't have to change it. I just can quietly observe it because I'm much more aware today than I was when that uh, seed thought got planted. Okay, great. Well, we are just about on top of our last break of the day. And when we come back, Tom, we will talk more about how to recognize some of these traumas. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you struggling with loss in your life? Whether it's grief, personal healing, or serious life changes that you are dealing with, tune in to Voices for Healing with host Kathy Roberts. Everything that happens to us teaches us and gives us hope and possibility. Kathy and her guest experts will bring you the tools that you need to start the healing process. There are so many ways to transform loss. Where can we take you? Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. 
While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are. In the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Thanks for returning. You can catch me on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. This is Dr. Marianne Chase. We have as our guest today Tom Costello, and we are talking about PTSD among the non-military population. And the primary original source of PTSD being birth trauma. Before we left on the break, we also discussed some of the ways that we can discover how we can discover our source of birth trauma. And during the break, Tom and I were uh, chatting, and he mentioned journaling. Journaling, Tom, is a very good way of just finding what's going on in your mind. How do you journal? About nine and a half years ago, maybe a little bit more, I came across a book called Self-Parenting, Self-Parenting by John Pollard. And I was searching for something else, and I came across this, and I found it to be wonderful. And I bought the book, and uh, he wrote it in 1987. It's essentially a dialogue between you and an inner child. It's not inner child work, per se. It's inner parent work. We're, his point of view says that if we can talk to ourselves as a loving, encouraging, empowering, strong, firm parent, we're going to be so much better off. And if we respect the aspect of ourselves that is that inner child, we're going to be so much more powerful. So it's basically a conversation between those two. The parent asks the question, the inner child answers, and asks a question and write down the answers, and I have found it valuable. I recently had a client who I've been encouraging for about six or eight months to do this, 
finally started to do it, and after two weeks, this is absolutely life-changing. Listening to ourselves is a wonderful form of self-respect, and self-acceptance, self-respect go a long way to healing PTSD and pretty much everything else that can be uh, interfering with a full, happy, effective life. Right. Now, journaling is an excellent way to listen to yourself. I have also, for myself, discovered that what some individuals call meditation, another Mm -hmm. individuals call prayer, an excellent way of listening to yourself. Uh, There are many biblical commands, literally, to say, meditate. And Listening to ourselves is one excellent way of discovering some of the traumas that have caused our stresses in lives. Is, is, would you say that is true? Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah. And uh, that, that trauma, I think, ends up in resulting in a fragmentation of us. You know, the the part of us, and we can do this in so many ways that are seem silly in retrospect, but seem natural to a little child, that, you know, when mommy is unhappy or daddy is unhappy, it's very easy for a child to believe they did it, they caused it by doing something or by not doing something. And then they end up not liking that aspect of themselves that didn't make mommy happy or daddy happy. And so now instead of having one single individual identity, it's the good child and its negative aspect, the bad child. So you've got this kid walking around with two pieces, you know, trying to, and a lot of our languaging and a lot of uh, religious talk talks about, you know, keeping that bad part of you under control. And so we reinforce that. We need to be able to put back the two pieces, accept them as part of human, and what we've experienced, we've experienced if we can accept what we've experienced and focus on what we want to experience in the future, we can become whole. We can heal. Right. And that's what this program is about, healing and returning to peace. Mm-hmm. And when we are stressed, there are lots of emotional results such as anger and depression and other things that we really do not want in our lives. And beyond journaling, beyond meditation and prayer to listen to ourselves, Tom, is there anything else that you have discovered that helps listen to yourself? Uh, Well, that's it. For me, journaling and prayer, meditation, healing codes, emotional freedom technique, Anything that brings our level of static, our level of stress down, so we can perceive a higher awareness, we can perceive signals that are more enlightened rather than uh, operating on this survival instinct, caveman, cavewoman level of consciousness, you know, dog eat dog, I got to take everything I want. If we can just settle that down, settle that down, settle that down, and then all of a sudden we can start to see the similarities between us and our neighbors, be they next door, be they in another country or in another culture. 
But when we're under stress, when we're staticky, that survival mode kicks in, all bets are off. We do some awful, awful things in that case. And when we're vulnerable, it is communicated to everything, and it causes us to do amazingly odd and, and sometimes terrible things in order to be safe. We will kill things, kill people, uh, dest- well, destroy our own habitat. In this, I got to be safe. I got to be safe, and let me kill something. And, right. And that clearly is not much of a solution. Yeah. Tom, it's almost time for the end of the show. The time has flown for me. How can people reach you? If they're interested in having a conversation about coaching, I do an introductory coaching call to see if I can be of benefit to a person. They can reach me through coachingyouworks.com. If they want to talk about spiritual issues, they can reach me through my online church, churchofthehealingspirit.org. And pretty soon, if they want to talk about increasing their lives and their fulfillment to be 120 and healthy, they'll be able to find me at live2b120andhealthy.com. Great. Thank you. Next week, folks, we will be talking about the healing codes in specifics. We will be talking about how the healing codes came about to be, the history, and how you can use the healing codes for your own healing and discovery walk in life. And in two weeks, I will be having another guest. We will be talking further about PTSD in the military population. So if you or someone you know and love has is struggling with PTSD, either from military causes like war, etc., or as a member of the female population, which is hugely affected by PTSD, please listen in both next week and in two weeks when we continue the PTSD conversation. And in the meantime, be safe, be healthy, and blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. 